play the fucking intro. Dustin and this is Eric and this is SLC Punkcast. Thank you for joining us for episode 233. Turns out we're playing a lot of East Coast and West Coast bands. Everybody's from the U.S. It was completely unintentional. And on top of all that, we have a great interview from a band back east on the Cinder. Yes, we do. We got the lovely gentleman of Buffalo's greatest band currently. Right. But then again, they're the only band I know from Buffalo currently. So so as far as you're concerned, undisputed. <laughs> yep, undisputed on the cinder. <laughs> and we will get to why I think that eventually when we get to the semi-halfway point at this episode. It's going to be a long one. They had a lot to say. Yes, they did. Uh, we'll get to the interview here shortly. Uh, let's get to the music. As soon as we get through this quick list, it's fairly short considering some of the lists I've done recently. Uh, right. We're going to start on October 2nd, new music that's come out and will be coming out, Vis Verace. They released Awaken EP, it's two tracks, they are both good, I like them. Uh, I think either next episode or the one after I'll be playing a track from it. The Anti-Normals from Greece, they released 100,000 Shitty Days on the 3rd, Pulled Apart by Horses released uh, first World Problems, a single on Alcopop Records on the 5th. On the 6th, Groggy Rude released Temps Mort on Tough Ain't Enough Records. On the 8th, from France, Night Watchers, they released Common Crusades. Chrome released The Visitation on the 8th. The Last Gang released Noise, Noise, Noise. I heard a couple of their, their song or two that or pre-released early singles, but I haven't heard the rest yet. Looking forward to checking that one out. Thought Crimes released Tap Night EP on the 8th on the Cinder. We'll be playing tracks from it. Released Sedentary Escape this past week on the 8th. We'll be talking about that. It's a good 7-track release. Aggressive, great band from Germany on Contra Records. They released Unbreakable. I really like that release. I believe next episode I'll be playing tracks from it. I like the band a lot. Had them on the show a couple years back. Arcline released Laugh Now, Fry Later on Upstate Records on the 8th. Quarantine, that's the name of the band. They released yeah. Agony on La Vida Es Un Mus Discos on the 8th. Deye released a new single called How to Stop a Terrorist. That one's cool. Heard that one uh, last week on Friday when they released that on the 8th. Planet Watson released Time to Break It on Melodic Punk Style. That's another band from Germany, some skate punk there. I uh, heard a couple of the tracks, pretty cool. On the 10th, Deadbeat at Dawn's cool band. I like this band. They released a new four-track EP called Discopia. I'll be playing that here in a few episodes as well. Los Fastidios, they are on the 11th. They released Triple X, the number of the beat. Then Scum Rotten released Left to Fester EP on the 11th. Asphyxia released Discographia 2005-2008 on the 12th. Mento Burrow released Scalloween EP. It's three tracks, but it's six tracks. It's like dub mixes of each of the tracks, but they're all like covers of other classic Halloween-type tracks. Mento Burrow uh, does a great job of festive tracks, played some of their tracks from their Christmas Music that they put out this last year. 
uh, around Christmas last year, but now they put out Scalloween, so definitely here uh, by Halloween we'll be playing a track from them, from that release. On the 13th, Knock Loose, they released a Tear in the Fabric of Life EP. On the 15th, Bronze will be releasing Ticking Bomb. Zombie will be releasing Fail Harder. Sergeant Papers will be releasing SGTP. That's not Stone Temple Pilots. What is that? STP. There you go. <laughs> that is STP. <laughs> so. And then on the 18th, Cato Street Conspiracy. They will be releasing this time next year. That's an EP. The Havoc should have a release. I don't know exactly what it is. Couldn't When I was looking it up, didn't know if it's a single because they released another single last month or what specifically it'll be, but definitely on the lookout for it on the 18th. The copyrights are releasing Alone in a Dome on the 22nd. Dave House is releasing Blood Harmony on the 22nd. And then a four-band split featuring Nexcars, American Thrills, Tired Radio, and Nightmares for a Week will also be coming out on the 22nd. I'm sure there'll be a lot more releases here on the 15th. Don't know them offhand, but I will talk about them next week when that time comes. Eric, what do you have to add to the list? I have a local band called Suffocator. They released their self-titled EP on October 5th. It's a really good one. I will be playing something from that next week. So look out for that. Very heavy. Very heavy stuff. Anyway, the band uh, in the UK, the band The Chisel, has released a single called Retaliation. And it's from their upcoming album of the same name. Uh, But that's not going to come out till November 26th. But you can find the... You can find the Chisels Retaliation on pretty much any streaming platform. Really great band. Really great band. And also the band Erratic Impulse from San Diego have a new song called Versus the World. It is only 30 seconds long. (laughs) (laughs) But, yep, Erratic Impulse. I will be playing them on the show as well. They've had a few other releases this year. They've had their self-titled EP, which came out uh, back in May. And they have... Another single called uh, BFTD, which came out the 14th of August. And probably the oldest one they got is, yeah, the oldest one is American Scheme. Came out last year, last November. So, yeah, they got some new stuff. They apparently have some new stuff coming out. I will be uh, giving some of these guys their just desserts because they're a fucking awesome band. Awesome. Yeah. They also have a music video out for, uh, which one is it? I think it's for... Yeah, I think it's for Erratic Impulse. Okay. <laughs> song. And yeah, these guys, just to give you an idea of what their of what their setting is about, that music video says it all. They are there is one guy who's uh singing and playing guitar and he's got a giant fucking mohawk <laughs> and they're playing in their practice space, which looks like a basement, and they got posters of Judas Priest, uh Iron Maiden, Metallica is up in there. They even got the Johnny Cash poster where he's just flipping off the camera. You know, the big <laughs> Cash poster. Nice. So yeah, it's a bunch of uh, metalheads playing in a punk rock band, and it sounds that way too. Really good stuff. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Regardless, a lot of good stuff coming out. Awesome. Also, that Knock Loose album is it a tear in the fabric of time or a tear? Uh, maybe it's a tear in the fabric of time. I don't know. It's the language here, right? Live live. Yeah, yeah, you have to know the context, and then sometimes even when you know context, it could go either way. And yes, tear or tear, I don't know. Yeah, probably. I would wager to say it is tear. 
Yeah, that's what I. That's why I said it because I would assume that too. But depending on what they're trying to get across with the the title there, maybe they meant tear. I didn't look at the album artwork, or at least actually I pulled it up because it's going to be released on Pure Noise Records, I believe. Uh, mm. I listened to uh, one of the tracks, but I didn't pay that much attention to the album artwork. Let's see the album artwork. It's just a. I don't know. It looks like a. Uh interpretive dancer bending over backwards it looks kind of uh i don't know it looks a little uh i don't know menacing (laughs) well once it's out or get a chance to you know take a a better listen maybe we'll have a better guess as to yeah if it's tear or tear yeah it is it's out now came out just a couple days ago okay so yeah but unfortunately there is no uh (laughs) there is no title track on there so i don't know I don't know. Maybe we'll just have to ask them when they come through. They go. And it's they coming are soon. coming through. Yes, it is. <laughs> but we'll get to that soon. Well, let's get into let's kick the episode off. Eric has picked exclusively East Coast bands. All but one <laughs> yeah. are from the state of New York. I know. Kind of a I didn't even mean for that to happen. It just kind of <laughs> did, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> well, the ones that I picked for the episode too are out of Nevada and Washington, so the other coast, essentially, and that wasn't intentional either. Yep. So we're uh, hanging out on the sidelines of uh, the United States, just on the, I don't know, the love handles. (laughs) We're hanging out on the chest of the turkey and the feathers of the turkey. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But nothing from the penis of the turkey. Well, since we're avoiding the penis, let's get back to the, the New York. Well, we're going to start in New York. Who'd yeah. you pick for I, a new track this episode? I picked one of the new songs from the lovely, lovely, talented, and heavy Jigsaw Youth. Oh, Jigsaw Youth, I love I love what they are doing. They have these heavily distorted guitars, which just sound all uh, Black Sabbath doom worship. Like, the tone reminds me a bit of Machine Head and a bit of The Sword as well. And, yeah, it has that kind of a garage, heavy Stooges-like sound coming through. And you top that off with the vocals. Very, very reminiscent of Brody Daly from uh, Distillers, but a little lower. So it kind of gives it a bit more of a, I don't know, a grimy approach. Okay. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's definitely coming through on their uh, newest EP, Fight or Flight, that came out back in uh, September. And... Yeah, I've been keeping this on the back burner because I had an overload of new songs that I wanted to share with everybody. Some of them were questionably new. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm looking at you, runts. (laughs) 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 But this one is definitely new. Yeah, it's still it's over a month old. It's still new. It's still new. It is. (laughs) I don't know. If you know me, my cutoff date is uh, six months. So if it's uh, if it's anything before April, I consider it old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Jigsaw Youth, the song that I chose is No Excuses. This is the best representation of where I think their sound is currently sitting and will also be going. I hope it gets heavier. I hope it stays roughly around these edges. It's a bit of a long one. I'm not going to lie. It's kind of long. Just a... A few minutes, <laughs> but it's still a good one. You'll barely you'll barely notice the time go by. Just uh, let's just play it. Hey, 
So yeah, pretty damn heavy. <laughs> it was. <laughs> anyway, that's uh, that's the latest from Jigsaw Youth. I can only hope that there will be uh, more latest from them. <laughs> They're uh, yeah, they have a bit of a not a not a huge but a rather extensive back catalog. So go back and listen to some of their other stuff. They, as far as I know, do not have a full length out, but they do have quite a few EPs and singles, and wouldn't you know it, every one of them are good. So listen to Jigsaw Youth. And that concludes the first of the uh, embarrassing amount of New York bands I have to go through today. <laughs> well, we're going to take a break from the New York bands. We're going to play two bands Back-to-back from Las Vegas. Yeah, the New York of the Central Mountain West. There you go. (laughs) First band, I recently came across them. Fits within the six months. This is about four months ago this was released. (laughs) The band Modifiers released Well-Oiled Machine. I like the artwork for the album. So if you get a chance to take a look, it goes well with Well-Oiled Machine. The band Modifiers, again, they're from Vegas. On June 14th, they released that uh, album. The track that we're going to listen to is called Brought to You By. And here we go. It's the Modifiers. Us. sound you hear those the surf punk guitars in there for you know mixing in a little bit yeah <laughs> i mean the intensity is on par with uh that of pears right maybe it's because i was listening to them earlier today but they're just uh they have a they have a bit of a similar ferocity to them so i gotta hand it to them i really liked that song it was awesome i, I recommend going to check it out like i said i, I came across them recently uh, well-oiled machine is the album. Go check out Modifiers. Uh, next up, we're gonna play another band out of Vegas on a label from Las Vegas, Asteroid M Records. 
when I was at Punk Rock Bowling, I saw a sticker on the ground. I actually took a sticker and I posted it just to let people know I was in Vegas. But that's how I let people know I was in Vegas. So if you know Asteroid M <laughs> Records, uh, they're in Vegas. I want to thank Cody for sharing Asteroid M Records music with us. So the band Not For Sale, they released their new EP, self-titled Not For Sale, just this past month, uh, September 10th, so just a little over a month ago. And over on Pocanoi Worldwide, uh, probably about a couple weeks, but in a couple weeks I'll be doing another label focus, focusing on a couple different labels, but Asteroid M Records will be one of those, and releases that come out, including this band, Not For Sale. Not For Sale started as a solo project of Jared Davis, but then had progressed into a band. Hence, here we go. We have an EP, and off of that self-titled EP, we're going to listen to a track called Devil in the Mirror. Here it is, Not For Sale. for sale well you know get that uh bloody mary approach i enjoy that <laughs> tis the season i guess right <laughs> yeah it was uh that i sensed a bit more of a variety at least it was a uh, more blatant than the uh the previous track right uh but this one it had those uh yeah it started off very uh you know very heavy and thrashy fast typical punk rock beat and then it gets into that little uh swingy style that i would What's sooner right bass yeah yeah that I would sooner hear on like a on like a ska song, just minus the little uh, upstroke picking, you right. know. 
So, yeah, bit of a yeah, bit of a change right there, but it wasn't so sudden, but I could tell that there was. Right. So, so absolutely. Stuff. I agree with you. Uh, definitely change in that song. The other one, Modifiers, when I was saying a variety of sound, like listen to the album and you'll get the more variety. I don't think it's as distinct as, you know, so many changes in one track, just like we heard there with Not For Sale. Yep. 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 So good for those guys. <laughs> yes. It's good stuff. Check them out. They're on Asteroid M Records. Two bands are out of Las Vegas. I guess we've played enough on the West Coast for a minute. Let's hop back over to the East Coast. This is your one non-New York band. Yep. We're going to play some older, lesser known, or at least one track for now. What'd you pick? Well, we're going a bit north and going up to Boston. Yes. <laughs> Boston. Yeah, they've had a just as vibrant, if not a more menacing scene than New York City. And that's saying quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, yeah, we got, we got so many good bands. It's not just the Dropkick Murphys, but we also got Street Dogs. We got Slapshot. We got the Bruisers. And we have Blood for Blood. I talked about Blood for Blood a while back on this show, and in particular, their album Outlaw Anthems. Right. <laughs> These are the Outlaw Anthems. Welcome to exile. Welcome to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still, one of the first, like, old school, uh, you know, hardcore albums, you know, mid-90s, early 2000s. This isn't early 2000 ones. It was like, uh, 02? Yeah, yep. 02. And that was when, uh... Uh, White Trash Rob, I guess, uh, got clean for the first time and came back and uh, reformed Blood for Blood, and they came back with this record. Really good record, but there was one song on there that I was really bummed I didn't get to play when I did the initial great cover-to-cover to album. Cover-to-cover uh, cover album <laughs> pick when I did this that episode. I don't remember what it was. It was like last year? Maybe two years ago. Could uh, be. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyway, yes. So that one, if you remember, I did the songs uh, Ain't Like You and uh, Love Song. And I was this close to choosing their their re-release postcard from The Edge. January of 2020, episode 134. Okay, so it was almost two years ago. Yes. Almost. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Postcard from the Edge. It came out on one of their uh on one of their previous EPs. I don't remember which one. They've had a they had a few, and I think it was when uh, White Trash was out. No, no, he was still in. He was still in. <clears throat> Excuse me. So they so this is the closer of the album Outlaw Anthems, and I honestly think it's, uh, I've heard them both, and I think this one is a more brutal and more <laughs> ferocious update <laughs> than the, the initial postcard from the edge. Just, uh, she's still a bitch called Hope. <laughs> That's pretty much what the song is initially called. But I really love it. I really love this song. I love how... I love how grunt it really is. Not grunt, gruff. There you it go. Is. It's just got the, it's gruff, it's rough, it's made by grunts. And it's just one of those, uh, it's just one of those uh, dive bar brawling songs. So if you can picture yourself in a setting like that in Boston in the uh, late to 90s to the early 2000s, when it was still... Uh, questionable whether you'd survive going to a show. Yeah. 
You may be going there, you may be walking there, carpooling with some friends, you may be leaving in an ambulance, who knows. So, here we are, blood for blood, let's hear what they got. Yeah! Is it all blood done right? And if you don't like it, fuck you! Let's go! One can only imagine. <laughs> I mean, I've uh, never seen Blood for Blood. Obviously, haven't seen them back then. I watched footage of uh, of one of the last shows they played at This Is Hardcore a few years ago, which was basically White Trash Rob's other band, Ramallah, just covering 
Blood for Blood songs, <laughs> which is not technically a cover band. You could just say it's uh, reformed with different members because it was. I don't know. It was a weird set. But arguably, definitely wasn't as violent or intense or as whatever you could assume a Blood for Blood show to be. I mean, if anyone's listening, if they have seen them live back in the day, if you're from Boston and you can uh, uh, you can confirm how crazy that show was, I mean, maybe. Maybe it was. All I can tell you is I've seen Slapshot play, and that was one of the most violent shows I've ever been to. <laughs> They're crazy. <laughs> They're fucking crazy. And... Yeah, I can only assume Blood for Blood show, especially on this song, like right after Bitter Twisted Motherfucker. You could just feel the bottles cracking on your head. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I love the sound effects that they put throughout the album where it sounds like a full live album. All the little cheering and the chants and the, yeah, the Blood for Blood. <laughs> right. And all the things that are just sounding like a brawl is happening. And, of course, all the bottles breaking. It's really theatrical, and I actually kind of, I actually kind of applaud them for that. <laughs> yeah, especially in the intro, the postcard from the edge intro. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a lot of feedback, a lot of uh, weird noise, and white trash Rob just rambling about how pissed off he is at society, and just like, fuck everybody. It's just so bad. <laughs> uh, but if you listen to his nodcast, he's like the complete opposite. Awesome. He's actually pretty laid back, pretty funny. I mean, at that Blood for Blood reunion, he was wearing a Hawaiian shirt and a Hawaiian cap that had pineapples on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you just got to picture him singing songs like that, the way that he looked. Actually, the Hawaiian shirt thing was a, was a bit of a trend in the hardcore scene recently. Even the board shorts. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, really weird. I, I can't say why. <laughs> I don't know why. They have weird things like that. I noticed on an Instagram account for Blood for Blood, I don't know if it's their official one or not, but it has one post and it says Blood for Blood 2022. I know. I'm like, hmm. Because I know they've been, uh, I know that White Trash Rob, he's been pretty active, at least with uh, Ramallah. Because, yeah, they released that EP last year. Right. So maybe he's uh, trying to bring back Blood for Blood, which, uh, yeah, cool. Just uh, don't bring back Buddha. Because that guy is uh, that guy's a pedophile. Oh, yeah. <sighs> God. I love his voice, but that's about the only nice thing I can say about him. Right. <laughs> the rest of them, fuck him. Right. You know, but... But yeah, I hope that doesn't dissuade anyone from listening to Blood for Blood because they are a good band. They're a good hardcore band, just very straightforward. You know, everybody else is wrong and we know how to live life type of thing. <laughs> it's it's street Boston hardcore. So, yeah. That's uh that's what I got to say about that. Blood for Blood still kicks ass in my opinion. So, we'll see what the future holds for White Trash Rob and company. Another Boston band that might be making a comeback here, too, Razors in the Night. So be on the lookout mm. for Razors in the Night to be doing something here in the near future as well. Yep. Uh, if there's only one Boston band that I wish would make a comeback, it would be Street Dogs. Right. Well, they, have only, they haven't been a band for a short period of time. I so know, maybe... and I, it already feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hopefully, uh, Mike will, will do something else. Johnny Rio's already got another band, and Lanny Lashley's always doing his own thing. So, oh, yeah. you know, maybe Mike will have something that he's going to work on as well. Yeah. Lenny's, Lenny's got an interesting project. Yeah. I like his, I like his approach. Yeah. Pretty good stuff. It is good. Yep. Patriotic acoustic music. Yep. <laughs> yeah, patriotic as in patriotic for the working man. Yep. Lenny Lashley's great. Check all those out. We're moving away from Boston. That was the only track from Boston. We're going to go back to the, the left coast one more time. <laughs> and that is to Seattle, Washington. We're going to play the band Street Jail. They released self-titled Street Jail August 14th of 2020. Uh, when I say Halloween songs, it's just festive. Eric and I were talking about this before the show started. And sometimes it's just festive. What's festive for Halloween, a lot of in a lot of cases, isn't specific to the Halloween holiday, as Eric said to me. And I said, yes, you're right. Uh, it's mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a lot about scary movies when like horror movies and shit like that come out. They come out, they new releases. If they want to do really well, they put them out like end of September or October and then, you know, bigger oh, box yeah. office because that is when people are for sure in the mood for your horror movies. And so sometimes that's what you get with a Halloween track, at least in my opinion. So mm-hmm. the band Street Jail released the album Street Jail on Tiny Dragon Music last year. And I think they did something new with it again this year. I can't remember offhand. But the track that we are going to play is called Wet Hot American Massacre. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's perfectly themed for this uh, festive time of year. So here we go. Here's Street Jail.
to jump on us He's grabbed my sweet counselor and ripped out her guns My name is at the shreds My brain is boiling red I fight for hands So what'd you think of that one? That sounded like if Scooby-Doo <laughs> ended up in the movie Return of the Living Dead. <laughs> so cross-contaminate that one. And that's about what you get here. <laughs> uh, so I love how, uh, I love the approach they did with the uh, Ska thing because mm-hmm. Ska, for better or worse, can be incredibly theatrical and really fun. Right. So it really played into the uh, into the uh, the vibe of this song right. and the setting of it. It's just so it just makes you feel murder mystery thing, but you know it just turns all Night of the Living Dead on you, right? <laughs> so yeah, if you if you agree with me, I mean, Return of the Living Dead is kind of a uh, I mean it's a B movie as it is, so it's sure. uh, <laughs> so yeah questionably goofy, whether it's intentional or not. But Scooby-Doo, yes, is very goofy. (laughs) So, yeah, it has all those uh, moments in there. It just sounds like a fun, wild, uh, hilarious Halloween movie vibe. Right. Yeah, not necessarily Halloween, but you know what I mean. Festive, (laughs) nonetheless. Uh, I like it. That wraps up the Halloween. We are going to do a great cover-to-cover album here in just a second, followed by... A great interview with the guys from On the Cinder. Yeah. Uh, All that's coming in just a second. We're going to quickly go over some live shows and concerts and shit like that. Did you go see anything? I didn't see anything this last week. I didn't see anything. (laughs) Anything that you want to mention? One thing I do want to mention. I am, in fact, going to a show next Tuesday. Sweet. Next Tuesday, I will be seeing Violent Femmes with the mighty and my favorite Flogging Molly. That is awesome. (laughs) Yep. This will be like, uh, I think my ninth time seeing them. Maybe my tenth. I can't remember. (laughs) That's pretty awesome, man. I've seen them a lot in the last uh, 12, 13 years, actually. 13? No, 12 years. First time I saw them was in 09, so... Yeah, I'm excited to see them again. They've never put on a bad show. I can Yeah, I've been I've been happy with every time I have seen them. I think it'll be cool seeing Violent Femmes with them. Yeah, that yeah, that too. I mean, Violent Femmes, I forgot about how many songs that they have played and I have heard not knowing it was them. Right. <laughs> so so, yeah, Violent Femmes, I'm excited to see them. I'm not as big a fan. I mean, compared to Flogging Molly, I'm not as big a fan of anything else. Right. So, but, yeah, regardless, Violent Femmes, I haven't given them much a listen, at least intentionally. But they're going to – I expect them to be really fun. I mean, you've heard the Femmes. They're fun. Right. <laughs> Why can't I get just one kiss? Why can't I get just one kiss? <laughs> they're they're fun stuff. I really like uh, I really like the fans. I expect nothing less than a very vibrant and festive live show. That's awesome. Well, I'm gonna quickly run down a few shows that might be happening in your area for some time during the rest of the month of October. I'm gonna keep it 
try to limit it to just October. So uh, Burning Streets 2021 presents Born Ready Entertainment, uh, Inspector 7, Recreational Outlet, Rebelmatic, Diamond Dogs, and Car- Cartel. And that will be live at Tompkins Park, uh, Avenue A and 7th. And that is October 29th, 2 to 6. It's an all-ages free show. So go check that one out. Uh, what else? You got the Rum Jacks are playing currently. I think I mentioned this one before, but they're over in Europe. Uh, they have a lot of dates, uh, a lot of places that they are stopping, such as the Czech Republic, Romania, France, Germany, Poland, go look up those dates. There's way too many for me to go over, but I'm going to mention that one one more time because the Rum Jacks are cool. So if you're over there in Europe uh, and you want to check out the Rum Jacks, get out there, check them out. On Friday, October 22nd, Night of the Living Pogo 2 with OC Rippers, Houston and the Dirty Rats, one-sided, Diamond Dogs again, Vengeance, and Spiky Tops. That's at Area 81 in Phillipsburg, New Jersey, $7 with a costume, so make sure you show up with a costume on. And then what else we got? I got like Fest 2019. That's October 29th, 30th, and 31st down in Gainesville. Uh, bands such as Hot Water Music, Gorilla Biscuits, The Lawrence Arms, Frank Turner, the, uh, who else we got there? Good Riddance, Teenage Bottle Rocket, Strike Anywhere, Comeback Kid. Mustard Plug and Red City Radio, Cobra Skulls, Broadway Calls, and the list goes on and on. There's probably like another 100 bands that I didn't name there. So if you want to go to Fest 19 down there in Gainesville, Florida, get on it. Uh, October, what day is this one? I'm looking at the flyer here. October 29th, Happy Scalloween, featuring the Agonizers, Hobo Chili, Scapository, and Sonaris Rising. That will be in Wallingford, Connecticut, and that is 10 bucks. so go check that out on the 29th. And coming up, this one is, nope, that's November, we're going to skip that one. On the <laughs> Cinder, uh, we'll be talking about their shows here shortly, but uh, Thursday the 14th, which is tomorrow, they'll be in Canton, Ohio at Busbin Music Shop. Friday, October 15th in Cincinnati, Ohio at Hub OTR. Saturday the 16th, Indianapolis, Indiana, Melody Inn, and Sunday the 17th at Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, in Grand Rapids, Michigan, rather, at Fulton Street Pub. So they'll be traveling to you there uh, from Buffalo, and we'll be talking more about that during the interview, but I want to make sure to get those dates specifically out there so you know. And Friday, October 22nd, Beat Like Max is kicking off their tour and that is at Walmart Beach at 9 p.m. And I don't know where the fuck Walmart Beach is. That just says Walmart <laughs> Beach. Uh, and uh, I don't Wormtooth from Philly. Burn and the Bastards is from Philly. And Under 95 also from Philly. So it uh, must be in Philly. But if you know, be like Max, they're from Las Vegas. And so they're coming to Philly or somewhere near there anyway at Walmart <laughs> Beach, where Walmart Beach is. <laughs> Isn't that the. I don't know, the westernmost or the easternmost Walmart to the coast? Probably. <laughs> or maybe it's just a parking lot. <laughs> parking lot near the beach. Maybe it's not even near a beach. I don't know. Maybe, last no, one. maybe just a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> there you go. I like it. Uh, last one I'm going to mention, October 30th, Halloween show. And a lot of those will be coming up. But this one is in Houston. And it features inside. They have two stages. Stupid Idiot, Dead to the World, and the Lockdowns on the inside stage. 
Outside Stage, Help I'm Alive, Patterns, and The Dead Rabbits. So that's a $10 show if you're going to be in Houston on the 30th. There's something for you to go check out. So that's all I have. Eric, anything you want to add to that before we get going into your great cover-to-cover album? Yes, I do have some of the uh, local shows. Cool. I mean, there is there is one tonight, which unfortunately I won't be making, and uh, uh, the show will be happening by the time this is posted, or has happened, but right. the band Ingrown from Idaho along right. will be playing with uh, Victim to None, Degeneration XXX, and Mung. That will be at the Beehive, but or has been at the Beehive. I am sorry. <laughs> check out the bands. <laughs> Just check them out. Anyway, uh, tomorrow, April 8th at Aces High Saloon, the band Did you say Filt tomorrow, Lords. April 8th? Did I say April 8th? No, tomorrow at 8. Oh, at 8. Okay. <laughs> Maybe I misheard you. <laughs> October 8th. It's still October. <laughs> they'll be The band The Filth Lords will be having their album release party with Red Bennies and Goat Sifter. Awesome. Yeah. The funny thing about Filth Lords, when I was uh, writing for Slug Magazine, uh, the guitarist of this band was actually my editor. <laughs> oh, wow. Yep. Alex Ortega. He is uh, no longer with Slug anymore. He uh, just announced his retirement. <laughs> oh, well, moving on. Yep, moving on. And Filth Lords, they're a pretty fun band. Cool. I'd have to give them a listen and maybe go see them live. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the next day, Friday, the... Uh, what is Friday? The 15th? Yes. Yeah, Friday the 15th. <laughs> uh, also... Oh no, not at not at Aces. At Resolute Tattoo, there will be a benefit show for the Ninos of Guatemala. Okay. Yep. And uh this is gonna be a pretty stacked lineup, inclusive of Acid Hologram, All Systems Fail, Believes in Ghosts, Dysentery, and Raid. I said every single one of those bands in alphabetical order. That is really <laughs> weird. <laughs> anyway, it's uh uh yeah. Five dollars is the suggested donation. So cool. basically, you can get in for free if you want to feel like an asshole. <laughs> uh, don't do that. Help out the bands. Raise some money. Yeah, help Guatemala. There. Yeah, help bring. It says on the fire, the flyer, the flyer. <laughs> the flyer. Help bring an unforgettable Christmas to the families of the Santa Lucia Milpas Altas village. Yes, that's that's cool. Cool so, cause yeah. there. So yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's for an ethical purpose, and finally, on the twentieth next Wednesday, two hundred stab wounds will be coming to the Beehive. If you're into like uh, some grimy, grindy, death metally type stuff, or if you're into the fact that I will be playing that show, then come and watch it. Good reason. <laughs> so yeah, it's gonna be uh, like I said next Wednesday, October twentieth at. The Beehive, it'll be $10 and 200 stab wounds along with uh, my band, Anonymous, also Suffocator, and Social Stigma. It's going to be a fun show. So, that's going to be awesome. And also, this is, I'm going to put it out there. This is not until the end of the month, but honestly, better start advertising for it now, I guess. Wisdom in Chains will be making their debut performance. Finally, <laughs> finally, as in we've been waiting since last March, right? Last March, they were scheduled to pay, play here, but eh, surprise, COVID-19 beat them to Utah, right? So that show got canceled, much to everybody's dismay. This is still their first show 
playing in Utah, and they're not a touring band either. They're a, at least not anymore. They're more of a festival band. Right. So this is this is most likely not going to happen again. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying I can't confirm or deny, but don't hold your breath, man. Right. <laughs> so yeah, Wisdom and Chains, October 30th at the Beehive. It it will be uh, what is it? Ten dollars on this? I think it's ten dollars. Fifteen dollars. Never there you mind. Go. So yeah, fifteen dollars, and we will be getting support from Violent Unrest. From Mandalore and from Takeover. Awesome. Takeover hasn't played a show in years, so this will be great to see them in all of their uh, blunt force traumatic delivery. <laughs> I mean, their singer Ryan McEwen, he's a fucking giant. <laughs> he's awesome. he's like tall. He's tall and he's built. He's just <laughs> like he's a mountain of a man. <laughs> And he's got the voice to match. <laughs> Takeover's a great hardcore band. It's nice to see them coming back into the fold for a very noble cause. They're opening for Wisdom and Chains. Come on. How do you not want to jump on that? <laughs> uh, I forgot to mention, I think I did one other time, but we have two California bands also coming to Utah. Saturday, October 3rd, at Resolute Tattoo, we'll have Broken Cuffs and Foot Soldier, uh, uh, yeah. both here with uh, U- the Usurpers and Marine Corps. Opening up at Resolute, and it's five bucks. So, uh, yes, another good one to check out here in Utah. Eric, let's get into that great cover cover album you got there. Oh yeah, let's uh, let's jump back east really quick. Right? <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? We're gonna go back to New York, and we're gonna play probably the second best known band in the punk rock scene to come out of New York. The first, of course, being the Ramones. The second, we have. Agnostic Front. Yes. Oh, yeah. The mighty Agnostic Front. One of the harbingers of New York hardcore. They started off cutting their teeth in, in punk rock, and but they were doing punk rock in a way where it was faster and it was heavier and unintentional as well. I mean, Roger Murray, their singer, he actually uh, said in an interview, or also in his autobiography, when he was writing Victim in Pain, when they were recording it, they were intending on making a punk album. But everybody called it a hardcore album. They're just like, but it's punk rock, but okay, I guess I guess that's what you hear. <laughs> so they ran with that a little bit. They went, uh, then they delved into the uh, crossover. With uh, Cause for Alarm and uh, a couple other albums, Liberty and Justice. They, and yeah, they've been doing that same thing right up until uh, Roger Murray got arrested for uh, for being a drug mule. Getting uh, snitched out by a couple of his friends. Did a two-year stint in uh, prison. And when he came out, actually before he came out, the Live at CBGB's album came out. And that was like the uh, farewell album to Agnostic Front, to Roger. It was the last day he had of freedom. <laughs> so they're like, okay, we'll play one last show and then uh, go, into the, uh, go into the slammer. So he came back. He was released in uh, 90, 91, 92, somewhere around there. And by then, um, his uh, kid brother, Freddie, had started Madball. Right. <laughs> so he was carrying on the legacy while Roger Murray was... Uh, uh, in recovery as well, trying to get off of all the drugs he had been doing. He was a he was a quaalude dropper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dropped a lot of ludes. Yeah, and and they were working on getting some music music out. They had one album came out. Uh, I think it was uh, it was Dead Yuppies, 
and and it was still hidden onto the uh, thrash thing. And by then, the crossover scene had more or less dried up, or was uh, being uh, just being dominated by the likes of suicidal tendencies or DRI. You know, they were the they were the poster children of that entire subgenre. So later down the line, Agnostic Front just decided. You know, remember when we listened to a lot of punk, a lot of oi, and we kind of based our uh, music on that? Let's do that again. Because, <laughs> yeah, the Agnostic Front, they were one of the cultivators of the skinhead movement co- making its way into not just New York City, but in the U.S. It was uh, it was really in part to Harley Flanagan uh, being submerged in it when he went over to Ireland, learning what the skinhead culture was, and he brought that style back to New York. Okay. So everyone else kind of followed suit. And Vinny Stigma was also part of the skinhead movement. <laughs> so, yeah, they wanted to get back to that that type of stuff. And as a result, the album Something's Gotta Give came out. It's B.A.U. That something's gotta give! Yeah, it's a great... <laughs> It's a great record. It was founded. It, it was founded. It was released in uh, 1998, and this was also in part a tribute to the fallen Ray Bees from Warzone. Okay, he had passed away the uh, previous year in 1997, September 11th, the second biggest tragedy to hit New York. Right. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. So they dedicated that entire album to him. And fun fact, Ray Bees was actually in Agnostic Front for a while. He was their drummer. And he wasn't on any of the recordings. He was uh, just one of the live performers. And they had to bump him off because he was just not, he was just not evolving at their, at their desire or at their pace. And he took it really hard. And he went on a, went on a binge and he was uh, about to jump, in, jump into the uh, East River, I think. And just, like, drown himself. Roger Murray had to go over and wow. talk him out of doing that. And it's like, dude, just because you're not in our band doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. You're still my brother. Are you my brother? Then Ray took out his knife, cut open his hand, and was like, all right, do the same to yours. We're going to be blood brothers. All right. So Roger <laughs> and Ray did the, did the bloodletting thing, and they were blood brothers wow. <laughs> at that point. So yeah, the fact that Ray Bees passed away to uh, pneumonia hit him incredibly hard. So, and I am bringing this up. This is moving its way into the first track that I'm going to showcase on this album. That track being The Blame. And The Blame was actually written way back when Agnostic Front was first starting out. It was written with him and Ray Bees. So, they figured, well, maybe we should actually put this and lay it down on vinyl. So they did. This is The Blame. It is one of the fastiest and grimiest songs they have released thus far. Here we go. This one's called The Fucking Blame, you wankers. Let's set it off. Is it worth for us to live the way? It's every stage, 
the calling card saying agnostic front is back baby (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and something's got to give got a lot of great tracks on there i mean uh some of the undercuts that i would recommend do or die is a great one my war is also really uh, got really heavy and also catchy the the title track is a lot of is a lot of fun i was just uh, thinking what would be the other song that i would choose i mean i had the initial one the initial one that I have is the song that I'll be playing next, but I was like, what else am I going to choose? Should I do the obvious Crucified, which <laughs> is their uh, which is their cover of uh, Iron Cross. Iron Cross wrote that song. And also, it's funny, the song Iron Chin from the Bruisers was actually an agnostic front song that they never recorded, and they just gave to Al Barr while he was in the Bruisers. <laughs> and he was roadieing for agnostic front. And Blood for Blood covered the song Bloodshed from the Bruisers. So, yeah, there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of uh, cross-threading here yes. in this episode. All these bands are related. Oh, my God. It got really weird. But that rams home the point of the song that I wanted to choose. I know it's a typical song. It's one of the biggest uh, agnostic front songs that everyone knows. It's got to go. Yeah, from the East Coast to the West Coast, gotta go. It's a song about unity. It's like, uh, at this point, Agnostic Front kind of saw that the whole Boston versus New York versus, uh, I don't know, D.C., (laughs) I think, had kind of fizzled out. There wasn't much rivalry between which city's dick was the biggest and who was the most hardcore. (laughs) At this point, it's like, come on, man. We're all the same people. We're all in hardcore for the more or less the same reasons. So let's just uh, remember why we're all here. And this was also, there's also some references to uh, rabies as well. They actually, they actually say from the East Coast to the West Coast, that was actually taken from Don't Forget the Struggle, Don't Forget the Streets. You know, the album and song that everyone remembers from Warzone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from the East Coast to the West Coast, 
in our hearts and in our souls. So yeah, this is the song about unity. It's the tribute to Ray Bees, who was an original member of Agnostic Front and, you know, Roger Murray's blood brother. <laughs> we also get Jimmy Gestapo from Murphy's Law doing some backup vocals as well. And also Freddy from Madball comes in and does his part as well. So yeah, this is the all-inclusive Gotta Go from Agnostic Front. Get it.
So yeah, that is that is the song that every Agnostic Front f- fan should know. Right? It's the one you gotta 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 know. <laughs> that was dumb. Yeah, but but yeah, you get what I mean. Everyone is on there. Everyone will be singing it. I think that should have been the closer for this album, personally. But yeah, Crucified is still a good one. It's it is. a it's a good one. It's a great album. I'll have more from Agnostic Front in the coming, I don't know, months or years or whatever. <laughs> At some a, point. They got a lot of good shit. This isn't even my favorite album by them, but it's up there. It's a number two. You can probably guess what the first one is, but we'll get to that later. Excellent. <laughs> well, we have reached the time where we're going to do an interview. We're looking forward to our conversation with the guys from On the Cinder. Yeah. We, we get a, a nice long conversation discussing all sorts of fun stuff. I won't give any spoilers. Uh, we're going to play a track from their new release, is Sedentary Escape, that released on October 8th. Again, they're from Buffalo, New York, so keeping up yeah. with playing a bunch of New York bands. Moving from uh, the city to upstate, man. <laughs> yes. So from Buffalo, on the cinder, uh, off of Sedentary Escape, we're going to play a track now, and then we'll do the interview, and then you'll hear another track at the close. So here we go.
Okay, we are here with the lovely, lovely gentleman from On the Cinder, streaming in all the way from Buffalo. How are you guys doing? Doing good. No one's ever said that about me. <laughs> You're all lovely gentlemen. I prefer violent gentlemen. <laughs> hey, you could be lovely and violent. Who is that that's talking? Just uh, go around and introduce yourselves. I'm Tyler. I'm the drummer. I'm also drinking this 10% pumpkin beer right now. So this is a great, this is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> I am, I am Jason. I play the guitar. It's good to be here. Thank you for having us. Of course. And finally. I'm Mike, I play bass and try to sing with Jay. We kind of find somewhere in the middle where we both can kind of sing. Not really sing, but we're, we try. <laughs> There's got to be some notes there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> just give a lot of notes some are good some are extra it's controlled air coming out and you hope it makes a good sound it's like if you can't sing then throw a little rasp in there i mean it worked for so many 2000s rock bands it can work for yeah. you guys yeah, i don't really get much rasp i get like nasal like eh, like eh. <laughs> that's how i sound and Jay's like, oh. Oh. They were like oh rah, oh Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we're a hit. We're you guys are making Tyler hits. Hits. <laughs> Tell me about your uh, music. You have a you have a new album that is uh, coming out. Tell me what was the process of writing that? What's the and what's the process of your sound? Where is it coming from? So we wanted to do like this sort of concept record, and we sat down with a whiteboard, big ass whiteboard, and then we took a Nintendo sixty four cartridge and we traced around it to create boxes for our um, our song ideas. And once we had seven or eight song ideas in our N64 cartridge boxes, we then proceeded to attempt to write them together, which was something, I mean, I don't know if you're, I, I assume, I know you've played in bands. Uh, writing a song as three people together is, is something that we hadn't really tackled. You know, usually somebody writes a lot of the words. We come and like, we revise them and change them. But for the most part, somebody sort of comes with, you know, some ideas, some some words, some a framework or yeah. skeleton or something and we really uh -huh. rolled we rolled the whole album going without that we would just show up with loose concepts and go i have this does this suck or is it <laughs> usually we go that's terrible <laughs> what if we did this and then we we're like that's okay and then we did that and we pretty much like you said building the whole album together was really tricky in the beginning and then the more that it pieced together and the more that we kind of developed the concept, it started to get a little bit easier and a little bit clearer, even though the concept might actually become a little bit more cloudy. But I think it's a cool idea. I kind of want to let people figure it out for themselves or at least try to. As we were going, we would fill in these cartridge outlines and like each song would go in, but we didn't write it in order. We wrote it knowing there would be an overarching narrative. We had to find a way to describe it and tell a story and, you know, be kind of artsy about it, like trying to be deep in different ways. But like it, every song came to, together differently, whether Jay wrote lyrics or I wrote, wrote lyrics or I had an idea for like this. He wrote lyrics too. Like we were all just writing a ton and because we had shit else to do. We were in lockdown. So... <laughs> On the concept of the and the narrative, like what is the overall theme? You don't really have to go into detail or give 
give away the synopsis or anything like that, but what was the uh, idea that everyone was coming into? It, it's an it's the story. Um, it could be considered an adventure, but it's also sort of a uh, self reflection. I'm going to leave it at that so it doesn't give too much away. I think once we wrote all seven songs, then we're like, what the hell do we call this thing? So. <laughs> that is what we are absolutely the worst at naming anything. <laughs> Look at our band name. <laughs> and I wish I still had that old ass, like, flip phone sliding piece of garbage thing that I had because it would show like every morning for a week. I would wake up and there would be like 65 messages in this group thread. Every single one of them is a band name. Oh yeah. And they all suck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, how did you come to settle on, on the cinder? Uh, We got tired of trying to come up with new band names. Uh, We, we had shows booked. (laughs) (laughs) So we were roommates in separate bands and, um, we we all hung out. We hung out a lot, you know, similar interested people. And we ended up watching uh, the Watchmen movie, which is like three and a half, four hours long. So we actually watched it over the course of like two, maybe three nights. Was it the uh, extended cut? Was it uh, like yeah, I'm sure. it's just a long on its own. It's a long movie. Just add the director's cut or whatever. And it becomes anyway, long story short, there's a cool scene in the Watchmen where he um he burns the map and he says, well, being the smartest man on the world, isn't that cool? You know, at some point you're going to be the smartest man on the cinder. And we were like, oh, well, that's the best thing we got now. So we're just going to roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice name that leaves a little to the imagination. It's like, okay, what did you just say? <laughs> it is a hard, yeah. it's, it can be a hard name to say. Every time I tell someone that like, doesn't know shit about music or punk rock. They're like, oh, you're you're in a band? What's your band called? And I go, I'm in On the Cinder. And my first thought is like, he's gonna say it back to me and he's gonna say it wrong. On the on the <laughs> yeah. I then I say it again and that's it. Just stop talking about it. <laughs> even we've even gotten show flyers that have, have botched it pretty hard. Uh, on the cider is a very uh, common mistake. <laughs> we really are into drinking apple juice. but uh, Or when we toured with the Jukebox Romantics, every night they announced this is on the Tinder, which wasn't an ideal situation either. <laughs> uh, that one's great. Oh, if you ever want to do like a side project where you guys wear costumes or something like that, and you, you don't want to do something too different, there you go, there's your name on the Tinder. On the Tinder. <laughs> We've already got our first album for that. It's called um, God Made Whiskey, and now I'm going to jail. It's going to be a country album. Awesome. With all our worst song ideas. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's, there's bad yeah, this, this actually may be a two-disc record. <laughs> a two-disc uh, collectors of B-sides and rarities. Oh, yeah. This this might actually be like C-sides, to be honest with you. <laughs> We're going to lock ourselves in the attic with like 150 beers and then write like seven songs and then have to go get more beer before we write more songs. <laughs> and then we're going to put it on a CD and look at each other and break up. <laughs> I have a quick question before we get too far off of that. Sedentary Escape has seven tracks. Just reading through the song titles, right? It kind of 
goes in succession, I would say, you know, in a way telling a story. And so on the topic of B, B tracks or C tracks or whatever, was there any that didn't fit that you guys had and you might have either liked the track or was okay, something to that effect, but it just didn't fit with the concept once you had the, the idea there. We're a very meticulous band. Like we will work and work and work on a song and like really just rewrite it. We will cut it up, put it back together. You know, I hear bands will write like 15, 20 songs for an album. We're really not like that. We, we like take our time to write the song that we want to play. So it wasn't like anything extra, I don't think. Sometimes we would like reshape lyrics. Like, does that say the right thing here? Are we being expressive enough? Is this too weird or like hard to understand? Really took our time with it. It it does. It takes us like we, we usually practice once a week for like anywhere between four and eight hours. And sometimes it'll take a full three practices, 24 hours to actually compile a song it's it, we are really obnoxious about it like if, if you decide on one of our practices you'd want to punch us all in the face <laughs> <laughs> all the artistic threads just strangling each other that sounds about right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, since we're there and we kind of skipped over y- your history you guys have been a band for s- about eight years right got to be coming up on eight right oh please don't say it like that <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason why i say it like that is all right we're talking about sedentary escape those are the tracks that we're going to play uh eric played one i think it was last december on one of our episodes from a previous release so what i'm getting at is what do you guys have in, in your discography? What, what have you released prior to uh, Sedentary Escapes? When people are checking out those tracks that we're playing on this episode, what should they go back and look for? Uh, what should you go back and look for? Well, first tell us what's out there to look for, and then what do you recommend? All right, so I'm pretty sure that the majority of the, the two albums that are full albums that we have are on Spotify. That's The Fight Against Ourselves and Lamplighter. Lamplighter was an album that uh, got released in 2019 and the whole release plan got cut short because of the pandemic. So we're still going to be playing a lot of those songs. We still play a lot of select songs off of uh, The Fight Against Ourselves. We, If you really want to get digging, we have an album, uh, we have an EP, I guess, called Feed Them to the Children, which came out in, oh, Jesus, I don't know. 2013, 12. Wow, the deepest cuts. It was definitely 13 or 14. Some of those songs are cool, but they're all recorded not great. Uh, you, <laughs> might, you might like them. Try. Uh, we also have our first, we put out a seven inch called Caustic that was released through Between the Days and our good friend Tim. Uh, he really helped us out in getting out any vinyl at all. For the, those other two records, uh, Fight Against Ourselves and Lamplighter, he was a goddamn saint, and we we paid him back, and we made a good a good deal with him, and we're really happy with how that whole thing shook out. And then after Lamplighter, well, like I said, we released it in 2019. We got cut short in its whole release plan by the pandemic, and then in the process of writing a still untitled full length that is going to be out eventually. Uh, we wrote Sedentary Escape. And that's going to be on a 10-inch record that you can get if you subscribe to the AF Record Club. Oh, yeah, that's cool, right? That's awesome. a neat thing, I think. 
Yeah. Absolutely. What is the AF Record Club? My understanding that they uh, they have a thing. It's like a subscription based thing, and they'll they'll send you sort of an assortment of uh, whatever whatever records you kind of want, and um, or not not what you want, but they'll send you an assortment of kind of random records that they they deem cool or they liked, or maybe they just they throw us a bone. I don't know, but. If you're part of the club that like it's a monthly or whatever, and they'll send you some some records, and we basically complained and begged enough, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll put you in the club." And <laughs> so, if you are a subscriber to the AF Records Club, you may perchance get one of our records, oh, which would be an exclusive color. And AF as in anti flag, so it's right. anti record label. Ah, okay, that's where people can get that. So if they join the AF Record Club, they can get it. Is there going to be a some other place. So are you guys going to be selling it on your Bandcamp page or should people just be looking to pick those up from you when you guys are playing some live shows? It'll be on our Bandcamp. Uh, we got a pre-order right now with a couple different package options. We're only going to have, I think, 125 left of the first pressing. Um, Minus about 50 pre-orders that have already gone. Yeah, they're doing pretty good. So, yeah. Look, repress is in. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> will be a repress we're gonna we're gonna get another 200 of them turns out 10 inches really suck to have pressed so yeah. unless there's a, <laughs> unless there's a complete miracle and for some reason we get super famous on this we might not press it again of the of the remaining 325 minus the pre-orders the second 200 are also coming in different exclusive colors. So there's an exclusive color for the first press and the record club. There are exclusive colors for the second press, which is going to be completely through us. Yeah. They go all you vinyl collectors. That's me. Right? <laughs> I'm keeping my eye out on that. Open your pocketbook, sir. <laughs> <laughs> it's been open. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a that's a terrible sink, right? Like if you're into vinyl, like that's that is just that is a money pit that just sucks it through the bottom of your wallet out of your asshole. Yes, it does. <laughs> as, as Feels so are, good yeah. coming out. Of at least, I own at least one exclusive vinyl that Hot Water Music Caution Gold and Black pressing. Apparently, that's like kind of rare, and I got it from Record Theater when they were closing for like. 20 bucks. Awesome. That's cool. Damn. It's only worth like 40, but hey, that's 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are going to do like an exclusive release, just say we're not releasing it on a 10 inch. We're going to release it as a double EP. When does anyone do double EPs? <laughs> do seven inches. That would be, that'd be a nightmare. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I mean, I know the the closest I think of is what a violent affair, but they had like a uh, uh, series of seven inches. They that were, were coming releasing, out, yeah, individually yeah. at different times, but in a series. Yes, that sounds obscenely expensive. Yeah, boy, I wish I had a million dollars. They did the same kind of thing you did. I mean, at least in the concept, but they did five volumes, uh, three to four tracks each. The first couple came out, and then a couple years go by, and then the next couple came out. I mean, that's super cool. I like fucking vinyl is just just right now. Like, so apparently everything's in shortage, right? Like, yeah, like jobs yeah. are in shortage, workers are in shortage, cars are in shortage. Uh, I think change is also wasn't recently in shortage. Chicken wings are in shortage. Chicken, if you're from Buffalo, that's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Oh, chicken wings in a shortage. 
Plus, I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm sure you guys don't get out here much, but if you in Buffalo, the wings are like the size of your fist. They're not oh. a reasonable size. I don't know if you're vegetarian, vegan. Sorry if that's the case, and I. It is what it is, but you will never get to. But like, taste the deliciousness. We go, we go to, we go to <laughs> and and the chicken wings are honestly what most people would consider a normal sized chicken wing, but in Buffalo, like they they are no smaller than. We're just gonna go with your fist. I'm just gonna. There's sort of a rule that we have on tour, which is no chicken wings, no pizza. We still eat a shitload of pizza on tour. Like it's yeah, but we do it begrudging to get like <laughs> late at night after shows. One time in that Reno parking lot we slept in, where we got drunk and watched Seinfeld in that Pizza Hut. Oh my god! <laughs> Man, that sounds really depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just... Welcome to tour. <laughs> <laughs> we ordered. We walked into the Pizza Hut or Domino's or whatever, and then we we ordered our food. Then we went back out to the van and we poured we poured whiskey and like diet or I think maybe a regular Coke into into used beer cans so that we could drink it while we waited for our order. It was embarrassing at the I'm not even sure that we poured mixers into the whiskey. I think that we just walked in <laughs> with cans like soda cans full of whiskey and and then eventually someone was drunk visibly and was like, I'm sorry, we're drinking in your establishment. <laughs> and then I don't care. <laughs> and we're like, cool, we're gonna watch Seinfeld. <laughs> Minimum wage worker. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't get paid enough to tell you what to do. As, as somebody who has been a career pizza boy, we should have asked him for weed. <laughs> <laughs> Just set up and play an acoustic show for food in the middle of a pizza hut. Hell yeah. Sure, that would have gone well. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it worked out for that one hardcore band in California that played live in a Denny's. What the oh, fuck? Oh, man. <laughs> You know the Denny's. What the fuck's up, Denny's? Billy Joe Armstrong from Green Day paid their fucking bill. Yeah, yeah, he did. Rad of him. His new album suck ass, but rad of him. <laughs> oh god. I, even... I mean, they. What are they on? Like album number forty-five? Like they, they can't all be good. It's hard to write Dookie when you're a multimillionaire. <laughs> we so much better. <laughs> Uh, back when it was fresh. Now it's just them trying to capture that dookie again. It's like, no, don't touch it. They've captured some sort of dookie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first it was ironic. Now it just is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked Good a little bit about touring. When are you guys going to get on tour? And uh, if so, if you've already planned or thought about it, is stopping through here where we are here in Salt Lake. That was going to be An my idea. question. Oh, I'm getting ahead of Eric then. Sorry, Eric. So when are you coming back? <laughs> We're doing some shows in the Midwest next weekend. Doing uh, like Eastern Ohio, Canton, Ohio, uh, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Indiana, and then Grand Rapids, Michigan. They're all places that we know people and we feel like they'll take care of us in these areas. So it's like a good in the water to getting back out there then we got a new england run in november and then trying to get florida together for january but salt lake city next year maybe that's we want to <laughs> this, this pandemic thing has definitely made like it put a huge footprint in our our buttholes is what that has done <laughs> it, has, it has made a uh has made getting 
too far, very difficult. A lot of our favorite venues that we've used to tour on regularly have are compromised and or shut down. And, and you know, no, no, no shade on them. I mean, obviously everything was tough for everybody, but so many things that we like, it's almost like we're, I don't want to say we're starting from ground zero, but it, it really almost feels like so many things have changed. And now we, we kind of have to rebuild the situation that we, we had favorable. We could play and we had friends that were all doing band stuff. And so many people have fallen into spots where, where it's just not the same as it was. And it, it really is trying, but we're, we are not stopping. Don't get me wrong. But just, we're going to have to rebuild and, and get the get the hell back out there that really is the trickiest part of it is that you we've spent so much time building relationships with either certain venues and and a million billion bands and promoters. Like, but yeah certain promoters and to it's it's kind of hard to watch some bands that we've been friends with for a long time split up or go through like drastic lineup changes and it's just because they're like taking an entire year off can change your entire perspective on life and that's pretty much what everyone had to do i mean if you were in florida or texas you might you might have been able to play a show or two even in buffalo we were doing outdoor shows at this diy thing called wastelands it was such a kind of shocking moment to be like whoa why is people are breaking up venues are closing oh crap we used to play there a lot what do we do now when we go to town x and it's like, again, luck, luckily, a lot of closer places that we have a bit more of a rapport have been able to stay open, which is cool, at least halfway. But like some of the bands that we want to play with aren't doing it. And that really sucks because we were like dependent on them to a certain extent. You guys are the hookup. We can hit you up. And if you can't do it, then we trust the bands that you throw our way to be able to help us out. It's like, we'll bring whatever we can bring. And if those bands all pull weight, that show rocks. And it feels like a real, like, you feel like a, a real G touring on bands like that. And then sometimes you go and play shows where you're like, I don't know anybody. And it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Opportunity to meet more people. And that's what you got to do is rebuild that network. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. That is absolutely that's the, the funnest part about the concept of going out again is like I can't wait to start building new networks, hopefully with like younger people, couple people who have to like as the last person in the band who's not 30. Shut up. Uh <laughs> the youth is what drives this entire genre. And we've we've kind of implied employed a lot of this in Buffalo where we're trying to get more of the kid bands to do stuff and to take themselves seriously and across the board like nationwide globally to a certain extent like the kids got to hold it up like we grew up and we were we were the second era if not like multiple eras before us that we weren't even around or alive for of house shows in buffalo we jumped in and we created a scene here or helped create a scene here really around a couple of houses really kicked ass and we we were able to throw really great shows. We had the Swellers. We had um, days and days. Days and days. We did crazy crazy shows. Hundred plus attendance in a house multiple times. Really horrible things that I hope that every landlord I ever lived with is listening to for some reason. <laughs> but like all that stuff can just vanish in the blink of an eye 
with losing some of these bands. It's going to be different everywhere. It's going to be so various speeds regionally. We're going to go play Indianapolis next weekend, but Chicago is really locked down and that's only like two hours away. So it's like, we're going to have to kind of pick and choose our spots. Like when we hit the road and locally, it's also kind of like hold your breath and like see how things have settled as things are opening up more. seems like everyone's just like trying to be the first to do cool shit back home. And there's not enough, not enough space for so much cool shit, quote unquote, to happen. Like venues are booked up forever. Shows are like, you know, limited capacity, masks, proof of vaccination. But like everyone's trying to play at the same time. And there's like, there's been no chance for reflection, no chance to like build anything yet because we've all been sitting on our asses playing our guitar, playing our PlayStation, smoking weed, being like, God damn it, I just want to go play a show. And now everyone's doing it. So we'll see how things gradually like progress rather than this like fireworks, everything's snapping off, everything's going off right now. Yeah, it really has come back like a just like a huge wave, like just uh crash it down all at once, which is which is cool. But I I can't speak for some of the the people who are 10 years younger than me. <laughs> and people like us who are like a nearing 30 or a past 30, yeah, it gets way too Jesus. overwhelming. <laughs> you know, it's like uh it's cool that it's uh, happening again, but you know, for the after the first few times, at least for me personally, it gets uh I got really burnt out on it and now I'm like, okay, now I don't really care to see uh, this show that I was looking forward to a couple months ago, but now I just feel tired. <laughs> and it's, I don't know, shit happens like that, I guess. Don't let it catch up with you. Keep on your feet. Oh, I'm Press keeping. Old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping. I'm going my. I'm just going my own pace. I just have to remember I'm not 15 anymore, and now I've literally. I'm literally reserving every show that I go to just 30 seconds maximum to where I can go into the pit. <laughs> <laughs> that's some old man shit that's your next step is arms folded in the back ready to leave. oh yeah i think that's the 3.2 talking <laughs> a couple of real abv beers in there and you'll do a whole minute <laughs> maybe so it'll depend on which show do i want to go in and uh flail my fists and spin some kicks or do i want to just uh run around in a circle i'll tell you what if <laughs> if we come play we're gonna come play and uh i'm gonna make you mosh what, we're minutes. gonna we're gonna duct tape a couple of pillows to you <laughs> and then you'll have a great time in the pit just bomb around you got a couple pillows on your shoulders and we're gonna have a great time Hell, I'll jump in there with you. Okay, throw in some bubble wrap. You got a deal. Deal. <laughs> I got plenty of bubble wrap here for you. All right. He, Dustin's got it. So, so yeah, we'll do that. There's a house out here in Buffalo, and, and our, our buddy runs it. He's been collecting uh, office chairs with wheels. And they do, uh, basically, I, I guess I would call it bumper cars in the pit. You get like five <laughs> or six office chairs with wheels, and they just bomb around in, in the whole pit. It's It's honestly wildly dangerous, but... It's it's hilarious. We did a show there once that was super rad, and we had a pillow fight during our set, and we just had like I don't know twenty some odd random pillows, 
and people just started beating the Jesus out of one another <laughs> and feathers and whatever fluff comes in those microfiber pillows was flying all over the place. And it was rad. It was so cool. <laughs> I also, I also skateboard jousted him once in that basement. And uh, that's the dangers of a uh, full alcohol beer. <laughs> that is a great concept record name right there dangers of full alcohol beer <laughs> the cover is just some uh uh just some caricature of some of some gutter punk and he's just like sh- shaking the last drops of hand sanitizer on his tongue <laughs> it's like that old uh the oh what is it the 40 ounce casualty from that you made from the casualties. He's like hugging the fire hydrant. There's gotta be some beer in here. <laughs> What's the spot right now, given all things we've talked about, what is the spot in Salt Lake to play? Yeah, help us fucking get there. The spot in Salt Lake, it is uh the two that are the most bumping for all ages shows would be Resolute Tattoo. Well, it's a tattoo shop. They just have the uh the back lot just uh vagrant. Vacant Vacant, for vagrants. (laughs) Vacant for vagrants (laughs) to put on shows. There is literally a stage that's built with uh, uh, little uh, pallets and milk crates. Love it. So, yeah, Yeah. that's that's what we're talking about there. It's an outdoor space. Indoor is the Beehive. And that doubles as a a vegan restaurant-style diner. And, and yeah, the back of it is just a... it's just one big stage, but most people play floor shows there. That's awesome. Yeah. Gotten a lot of it's a it's all DIY too, but we've gotten some pretty some pretty big names. Like big in the sense well actually, big in the sense like we had Sham sixty nine play there. That's a bit of a crazy flex. <laughs> they have everything as like uh touring bands that are not afraid to uh play a smaller ish venue. And just any uh, small town bands that are looking to make a stop between Denver and Reno. And, and yeah, just any and all uh, local bands that just want to put on a show. They just uh, they just hit up the guy that owns it. And, yeah, then we get on it. Well, shit. Let's Hell do yeah. it. Yeah, let's do it. I don't think that people understand how vital Salt Lake is to getting to the West Coast. Yeah, you guys are, you guys are a staple stop. Yeah. I mean, we're eight hours in every direction from every major city, pretty much, <laughs> give or take. Well, that, that's that's the geography yeah. out there, though. I mean, everything is eight hours away from each other, if not more, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, just cities in the middle of the desert, and we're just kind of uh, strewn about. Beautiful scenery. Yeah, What's I up? love that drive into Salt Lake from the West Coast. It was just the smells. It was beautiful. Like. Really nice. Does anyone remember the name of the town that we blew our brakes out in? Ogden. Uh, it was a terrible. <laughs> we were touring in a bus, and uh, it was in Utah, though. It, it was, was. It, it was, was. We were way up. We we were so high up that it was snowing, mm-hmm. and it was like we had just come from a, like playing Denver in like short sleeve shirts. Oh man, it was. You ever drive a bus with no brakes? It's it's interesting. <laughs> I went to so we we had to get a roadside well, uh, I don't know. This this story is so fucking long. I hit the brakes in some crazy ass mountain town. We had to ditch a bunch of weed gummies, 
because we had no brakes and some cop was like hassling, not us, but some other guy. So no brakes, crazy mountain town. We got towed 50 miles into Salt Lake. I do remember that roadside mechanic at like, a, at like midnight. At, yeah. It's from, yeah. From like nine 30 to one in the morning with his kid in the car. That was weird. He saved our asses. He did save our asses. And he, he was breaking off hunks of our brake lines. Like, how did you guys even make it this far? And he put three new ones in and plugged the last one long enough that we could make it to Boise, Idaho on the way to fucking Seattle. And then we had to actually go to a shop. And the whole thing cost like goddamn $900 or some ridiculous amount of money. And... That bus is dead, and I'm glad it's dead. I won't even say his name. <laughs> <laughs> Not dead yet, but we're trying to sell it. It's uh, no one wants to buy a van that's uh, or a bus that's broken. So slow process. You should actually don't stop putting it up on the uh, the vehicle market. Put it up on the housing market as a trailer. There you go. Wherever it's broken down. That's where she lives. Start charging rent. Tow it to the lot. Oh, the Kmart lot across from your guys' house venue. Yeah, somebody will grind it. You know what? Tow it to the Bills RV lot. You'll be the new Pinto Ron. <laughs> well, it's, it's a Buffalo thing, I think. We're very like depressed and like down all the time. But it's like you gotta have a sense of humor. You gotta have sarcasm in your life. Otherwise, it snows nine months out of the year and everyone's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta live with that. We used to have, well, not used to. There was a there was a couple of years where we had some really gnarly snowstorms. We had what we called snow day from life um, because everything was shut down. But four feet of snow or not, we managed to walk to the gas station in the corner. Realistically, it was only about maybe 300 yards. But in snow, it, it takes a good amount of time. And and we probably bought their entire supply of beer out, like, like probably 15, not 15, maybe like 10, 30 racks. We just... We just periodically traipsed up there, curled them down. The <laughs> yeah, and and that, you ever seen the curling? Do you, do you guys have curling in Utah? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think Pretty it's that big. I think that's really the difference because the Olympic that is definitely. If I could go curling at the actual like Winter Olympics place where they did curling, that would be super dope. I would absolutely do that. Curling is also fun as shit. And if you watch the last Winter Olympics, the U.S. curling team. Google the picture. Those guys were drunk the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it really, it really looked like a bunch of dads got together for a barbecue and they were like, "I guess we're the Olympic team now." Yes, I <laughs> just looked them up. Yeah, they all right. got the mustaches. They are rad as hell. Curling is the best sport, and there's a couple places where you can do it in Buffalo. Some are more serious than others. But none of them are that serious because the game is not serious. <laughs> like they've all got the dad stash. They've all just like they look like they're curling with one hand and holding a beer in the other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much is. <laughs> These look like the guys who uh, who have been the cashier at your local grocery store for the last thirty years. <laughs> yes, that is exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And they and they like say some kind of dadism when you walk up or like you you leave and they're like, smell you later, friend. And like they just they're those guys. <laughs> Long story short is we we gently tossed our beer boxes, our 30 racks down the road, down the gentle hill to see how far each one would go. 
surprisingly far. <laughs> we also tried to see how many Legend of Zelda games we could beat in a day. The answer was none. <laughs> Even like there, there were there were people who really really tried, including myself. I I got probably seventeen hours of Skyward Sword in, and then I was so drunk that I threw up and didn't wake up until like five p.m. the next day. Where I tried to continue, but I didn't care because that game kind of sucks. <laughs> we had two friends trying to tackle Majora's Mask, which is like a it's it's not a super linear game. Like you can there's a couple of shortcuts that you don't have to be like a speedrunner to exploit. And they got in an argument for like four hours about whether or not to get a specific sword in the game, and that derailed their run. Oh no! Yeah. I was just drinking beer this whole week. I, I had no idea what. Day from life was incredible. A lot of people died, so it wasn't really cool for them. <laughs> Go figure. If you want to look it up, in uh, in Buffalo, it was referred to as Snowvember or Snow Knife because it had a very particular pattern to it. A, a bridge version is that we had seven feet of snow in two days, and um, that was a rough couple of days. I, I'm sure there are questions left on your list, and we should answer those questions rather than just talking about our fucking snow days. But sorry, things things <laughs> tend to get derailed when we do interviews. This is so Buffalo right now, talking about snow and drinking. Like, I feel like that's very Utah too. Maybe these people can relate to us. Yeah, pretty much is. <laughs> what is like your elevation out there? Are you are you up in the in the hilltops? Or are you because all of Salt Lake is just a is just a valley. Like this, uh, just this giant crater in the middle of the mountain somewhere. You guys dodge all like the the garbage, like tornadoes and the awful snowstorms, or you guys get railed. We get some bad so snowstorms. I think uh, tornado. We've only actually had like one that did a lot of damage. Yeah, and that was shit twenty about twenty years ago. And then every once in a while you'll get some a little small thing here or there, but for the most part we don't get a lot. Our elevation here is we're over four thousand feet, but then we're like Eric said, we're in the valley in the kind of in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. We have two different mountain ranges, part of the Rocky Mountains and you, you know, the ones to the east of us where you guys would drive through coming in through Denver the elevation at the peak of some of the mountaintops just right where we can see is 11,000 plus. Uh, that's that's pretty intense. We uh, we tried to hike up St. Mary's Glacier one time in Denver and we all died. Like, like... I had to stop because I told the group, I think I'm going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> we were not in uh, climbing shape at all. I think we had done a show the night before and drank, you know, Drinking in the Colorado, Utah whole thing right there up in the mountains, right. it's different. It's challenging, but you, you got to do it. <laughs> you got to watch out, even if you're a seasoned professional like ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, before it, get, before it loops back into uh, weather conditions, <laughs> I wanted to yeah, ask this you. This is so <laughs> thrilling, guys. <Yeah. laughs> Elevation. I know. Snowstorms. <laughs> And a mountaintop. <laughs> right. Um, tell me about your guys' uh, video that you shot at the close. I haven't seen that. Is it even out yet? It yes. is out. Okay, good. So, yeah. Now I can say, check out the music video. 
That's also a reminder to myself. And you also have a video for past, present, and future, correct? Past, yeah. present, no future. Oh, no future. Yes, I got. I have to read better. <laughs> Come on, just like the anti-flag yes, song. Yes, and it goes. Yes, it goes with the concept there. So we did. Um, we've been running a. Well, I mean, honestly, we've been running house venues in some fashion for the better part of seven years. This video was a little bit of a send off to our current or where we live, but we haven't really been able to do shows here in the last two years because of some the police. The, yes, the, some conflicts with the police. But for the better part of, of five years, we we had run variations on um, uh, house venues in Buffalo that we I mean, we've had, you know, bands from all over the country and even internationally play. So this this video was a little bit of a, a sayonara to um a different time, a, a chapter closing, if you will. We shot it on our own, which is the first time for us, which is, it's, uh, it's got some sentimental aspects to it. You know, there's pictures and there's stickers and, and things that we we will remember forever. And uh, it's also sort of fitting because it's the, it's the closing song on the, on the record that, that tells the story of, of an adventure. So it, it it's, I, I watch it, see what you think, shoot us a message. It's, it's got some it's got some sentimentality and it, it it was uh it was fun for us to make. Yeah, we've always said like no one is gonna work harder for us than we will. We appreciate everyone that's ever worked on music videos for us before, but like, you know, I spent a lot of time during the pandemic like learning about video editing and a little bit of camera work. So like I'm willing to put a lot more time in to like make it if it's not like perfect it's not going to be like scorsese but it's like i care so much that this looks as good as i can make it that i'm gonna put the time in so i i was pretty satisfied with how it came out it's definitely diy though definitely yeah. Yeah. DIY and doing a basement video trying to figure out how lighting works on the fly <laughs> well i mean that's the integrity in it oh yeah we had, we had a bunch of like like shitty work lights and like old like can lights that we picked up off of who knows where we broke two. <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out, like, does this does this seem right to you? Uh, well, that's what we got. Does this look like it sucks the right amount <laughs> to be like a basement? Like, should it suck more? Yeah. <laughs> strategically placing empty beer cans and and just just broken speakers around the room. There were a lot of broken speakers. <laughs> we we actually completely redesigned our practice space after that. It really, all that video was was us cleaning out our fucking practice space. <laughs> <laughs> this is spring cleaning, the music video. It's pretty much. <laughs> it's a very sentimental spring cleaning, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, ever, you, ever, you ever run across that thing that brings back a fond memory, but you're like, I don't need to keep this. Like, like we had like broken coolers and stuff, and we're like, we shouldn't keep this, but it was part of a time. Yeah, I'm sure there's certain like empty genesee beer cans in the rafters of the basement that they've been there for years and years and i bet you guys still missed them when you cleaned out like they're gonna be they're gonna be there forever i always have such a fun time like i'm glad that uh my old street hockey mask that i had ed paint made it in i i've i played hockey for like forever now and i've always been a goalie well, I was a defenseman for like two seconds, and then I was. They were like, "You're too slow." <laughs> I was like, okay, so I became a goalie like immediately, and I was pretty good at it for a minute. Not that good though. And I had I had one of my buddies paint one of my masks, and it was in the in the theme of Crash Bandicoot games. 
and you'll see it in the video and it's pretty damn cool and that was that was a bazillion million years ago like before before i was even allowed to wear like the cat eye mask uh, that's all i got but if you guys have uh anything else to add i feel like i'm opening pandora's box again but you got yeah, we do anything that. else We've got music videos out for At the Close, uh, Past, Present, No Future, and the only after. And um, the only after one just premiered this week. It's also got a lot of throwback footage, like from us touring over the years and not knowing what the hell we were doing and just people getting it on video. And we just stole them all, all the videos and did a compilation and it's a lyric video too for only after so oh people check that out and album streams on all the uh streaming services friday the 8th the records will be in on the 18th and we're going to be shipping them out by october 22nd you can pre-order them at bandcamp on the cinder.bandcamp.com slash merch and that's my plugs where can people follow you? If they're not already following you guys on Bandcamp, they go to Bandcamp. But where else should people keep up with you on what's new, when you guys are going to post, where you're touring off to? Like anybody, if they didn't hear it here, you guys are playing some of those Midwest spots in next week. Well, where can they follow you? Where do you guys post those things? These are, I mean, the, the obvious staples, Facebook and Instagram, we try to keep up on as much as we can. Certainly those would be, those are your, you know, your go-tos as far as, I mean, obviously there's the event pages and stuff, but we try to keep those up. Uh, do you have any suggestions for other things that we should keep up? Do you feel like things that, uh, is there um, another avenue where people follow bands? Cause I would be totally interested if you have some suggestions. Bands in town app. <laughs> I use that on occasion and it's nice just because it'll shoot reminders for any bands that do use bands in town so when they do tours it's like message from so and so and if it's a band that i care about at the moment it's like oh yeah what are they up to you know and bands post when they go on tour when they post what their tour is all that stuff and it pushes out notifications but you know any news that you have like new album stuff like that but some bands send way too much of that shit out like yeah i like slipknot but man fucking every other day it seems like a new message from slipknot like i don't care I don't care. <laughs> Slipknot is now embroiled in this fucking bullshit with Machine Gun Kelly. I know. <laughs> oh, that's probably what's happening. That could be. I, I'm not paying attention, but that one's a good one just because <laughs> when I don't want to try to sift through Instagram, because that's typically where I will find when bands are, are, are going to be on tour because a lot of bands will post there. But if I'm interested in not having to search through Instagram, I will pull up Bandcamp. I'm in Salt Lake City, so what's coming up? And then I'll scroll through what's coming up in the next week or two and see, you know, who's coming. Like, oh, that's one I didn't notice. You know, it might not be a band that I specifically chose to follow already, but a band that I do want to go check out. So I recommend any band getting on there. I don't know if it costs anything. I can't imagine it really it does, but uh, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, but pretty easy, and you don't really have to post a lot. I mean, I don't go on there to find out information from bands, but when I'm interested in shows or 
with bands that I already follow, I get notifications. That's a good idea. We used to use that like way back in the day, but uh, sort of felt like it fell off. But uh, I'll I'll certainly jump back on that. That's that's a good suggestion. We'll uh we'll occasionally not even occasionally we when we're on tour and stuff, we usually try to hit up a strangely enough Reddit post our shows in a given city, and um, we've actually had some some fun times with people that we met from Reddit, like coming to the shows, and we've driven a lot of people home who were less than qualified to drive at that time <laughs> uh, it, but it's uh it's kind of been a fun experience but definitely we're on we're on you know your main social media is for sure last thing i'm going to ask you is a, a question i asked a band well we, we ask bands all the time but uh i asked houston and the dirty rats when they were on the show back in march of 2018 they actually <laughs> were doing a show here and have them come over here and, you know, they did the interview right where Eric and I are sitting right now. And I asked them, you know, what we try to ask a lot of bands, like, who do you listen to? Who's a band that we should check out? And they named a few bands, including your band. So that's where I personally first came across On the Cinder was <laughs> Houston and the Dirty Rats talking about that's On crazy. the Cinder and what great guys. And they love going to Buffalo and love doing shows there. So uh, Houston loves coming to buffalo yeah he was here like three days I was ago say, i was just <laughs> hanging out with him until five o'clock in the morning and he fell asleep on my porch and i had to drag his ass inside <laughs> yeah, mike's repping a houston shirt yeah i am let's see uh, so we can't plug them let's plug let's plug some other bands oh the humanity out of massachusetts they put out a record earlier this year definitely check them out jukebox romantics from new york city they just put yeah. out their new thing. They got a new lineup going on. Sorry, Bobby. R.I.P. Wow, he's alive. <laughs> you can't say My shit dad. like that. He's still <laughs> alive. And here's who say that. I have to listen to a lot of Buffalo whether I get to that. Uh, well, he doesn't drink anymore. He'll be dry. That's that's tough because there's so many. It's hard to even know where our companion bands are at at this point. So if you guys got another one to throw out there, let's get a third. But. Some I'm kind of nightmare on. for sure. I mean, yeah, they've been Some going nightmare. We've had we them, them on the show. They're a great band. They're we excellent. actually did the interview. I think while they were they were on tour, and just had the phone <laughs> going while they were driving, like literally on tour, like for driving from one place to the next, and we did it over <laughs> the phone uh, while they were. I don't even remember what's where they were, you know, to and froming at the time, but they're awesome. They they're always on tour. I they, was yes. say, that literally does not narrow it down at all. Right. There's that Ben Beyond meme where he goes, you don't understand how little that narrows it down. Yeah, that, right. <laughs> that could have been anywhere in the United States. Right. I, we met them in Massachusetts one day. The first time we ever met them, like, seven years ago. And they had uh, they had dental floss tied onto sticks to catch fish, strapped to the top of the van. That's fucking punk right That's there. That's fucking punk. <laughs> We, we bought one hotel room with one bedroom and we stuck about 10 people into it. We had two and a half liters of whiskey. <laughs> I think oh, Houston was and a- Dirty Rats had a, a story, maybe not quite that uh, inventive or whatever, but uh, leaving their canned foods in the window while they were driving so it would heat them up. And that way they could, <laughs> <laughs> when they were ready to eat, they could open it up and it would at least be warm. <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm very that. inventive. Yeah. <laughs> we just eat it cold, but that's that's crazy. I was gonna say we are <laughs> usually we just find other ways to get around that. Like I'm too drunk and I can't taste anything. 
<laughs> oh, I just put it. Now just put it in the window, where wherever the sun's shining, middle of the day. Leave it there. Just plan ahead, right? And stick it there. That I, way you can I, leave it for a few hours. Yeah. Oh, it's hot. <laughs> I've heard I've heard fans cooking hot dogs in the engine block before. Or if you're touring in Arizona in the middle of summer, you don't need the engine block. You just on the <laughs> top of the hood, <laughs> fry right? an egg. <laughs> that was that was part of our. Uh, that was part of our first interactions with some kind of nightmare. We, their drummer at the time, I have never seen, this is to this day, I played with them literally two weeks ago. To this day, I have not seen some kind of nightmare with the same drummer two times in a row. <laughs> Such a common tale. Well, you, you have to be willing to be on the road because like you said, they're they're on the road. A lot. I think yeah, you said when we did the interview with them, they had, they didn't actually have a place. Like I think there was some place that they go to in San Diego, that wasn't specifically like their place. So they didn't really have a place. So they're just always on the road because I, I think that's why they don't have a place. Not implying they're homeless. I'm just implying that because they're on the road so much, they don't have a place. Because what's the point? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> it, yeah, they're, they're they they literally do not ever stop. Right, and they pride themselves on that, and they absolutely should because that is the most. I mean, if you want to talk about punk rock shit, that's punk rock. Right, yeah. <laughs> like live in the van, go play place to place. Every now and then, like I think that they come home for like Christmas, and that might be it. Probably like Columbus Day. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> People's Day. <laughs> but their current drummer is. Also the drummer for uh, Alice Capato. Give them a serious drummer for real for the first time. I've never had a bad time with any of the other drummers from some kind of nightmare. We like we we're good friends with like Connor and Mike Defendant. And we've hung out with a lot of these people like multiple times. Rhino, the other guy. <laughs> no, there's like 10 other people. So, <laughs> but I've never had a bad time with some kind of Justin. Remember Justin? And they're all like good players. It's not like, it's not like anyone sucks and that's why they kicked them out. They're all good players. You gotta, you gotta have the ability to sleep in awkward places and roll with it. That's me, baby. <laughs> Name of the game, man. Yeah. Ties on deck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to. Forcibly cuddle your cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is uh, that's what I got for all you guys. The bands we should check out. I got them on my list. We played Jukebox Romantics before. I do like them a lot. Definitely like uh, some kind of nightmare. I've had them on the show and looking forward to checking out Oh the Humanity. Oh the Humanity oh. rips. One last one. Uh, Dial Drive from Orlando. They're really they're a great band. Guys. Thank you for being on the show. Well, oh, hey, baby, I'm going to try to make it down the stairs. <laughs> uh, well, see you in Utah. Damn. Yeah. Next oh, summer, yeah. Maybe? Yes, you will. Next fall. Summer, fall, maybe. We'll get there. We'll get there. There's no rush, but we do want to see you guys. Well, so, yeah. Eric, Dustin, thank you guys so much. Yep, thank, thank you, you guys. Once again, you, this has been On the Cinder on SLC Punkcast. Let's listen to more of them, shall we?
And that was on the Tinder. Yeah, on the Tinder. <laughs> Such a lovely and intrinsically talented people. All three of them. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I, I, that, I joke, uh, that's going to be their country band name. Yep, on the Tinder. <laughs> on the Tinder. Uh, we want to thank Mike, Jason, and Tyler for joining us. The conversation was great. Go check out the music videos for that track at the close. Past, present, no future. Yeah. Get it right that time. And uh, I hope you enjoyed the two tracks we played at the close, plus the one before the interview, Illusions of Progress. They still have uh, It Begins, Past, Present, No Future, Bottomed Out, Now What? And Only After to go along with their thematic uh, release here. And as they stated, the new album should be coming out, the new 10-inch, as it were, should be coming out on the 18th. So that should be coming. Get your pre-orders in and uh, be on the lookout for it. If you've already ordered it, exclusive vinyls. We talked about it, all you record collectors. Get out there, check out On the Cinder, check out Sedentary yeah. Escape, and go check out all their back catalog for that matter. Yeah. They got a really, they got some great albums, man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And On the Cinder, I really hope to be seeing you guys in person again. Hope to be seeing you guys playing again. And Eric will have him wrapped up in bubble wrap and pillows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll do some office chair uh, demolition derby as well. <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you to those guys. Interview is great. Thank you, everybody, for sticking around all the way up to this point. We're going to wrap up the show with Eric's got something a little not punk for us. No, not punk, but it's still keeping in with the uh, with the season right. a little bit. Cool. Yeah, we're getting a little more festive around here, maybe prematurely, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the the band, well, the the group that I have chosen is the one and only Flatbush Zombies. <laughs> Flatbush Zombie, ain't that mob? Hit a kill switch, put it in any problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the song we will be playing. It's technically not theirs, but <laughs> no, the Flatbush Zombies. They are a yeah, they are a rap group coming from uh, where else? New York. <laughs> In particular, they are part of what is called the Beast Coast movement. That was a yeah, movement, the, the scene. That was something that was set forth by uh, Joey Badass in uh, Pro Era. And along with uh, Underachievers, Flatbush Zombies became one of the flag wavers of this entire uh, hip-hop underground scene. And yeah, a lot of it is getting really grimy. Some of it's getting a little, uh, uh, let's see... Outer atmospheric, <laughs> yeah, a lot of drugs, a lot of uh, gang banging styles going on, but a lot of really good shit. And Flatbush Zombies, they are one of my favorites that have come out of that whole thing. Uh, the other one being Joey Badass, who I played a few months ago on this show, the song Paper Trails. I was listening to him a bit earlier too. Cool. So, good stuff. Yeah, Flatbush Zombies. Um, their initial mixtape that came out in 2013, Better Off Dead, is so great front to back. The songs that I have chosen to be a bit more uh, festive, you know, they have a song called Death and a song called Death 2. Yeah, they are played right next to each other on the mixtape. So as kind of begs the question why they're even split up, I don't know. But there's still a good, there's still good ones. Like the, uh, the first song, Death, it has a... It has an underworldly vibe to it, comparing uh, drug trips to uh, seeing, 
you know, actual zombies. <laughs> the chorus is, what you gonna do when them zombies come for you? What you gonna... And, he, and yeah, Death 2, it actually starts off with a, a, spl- a little uh, segment of an interview with Charles Manson. And they're, uh, one of the rappers, Michi Darko, who's got the... Who's got the rough and gruff voice like this? He goes on, like, uh, making serial killer puns with rhymes. It's like, I crack your fucking skull and use it as a bowl of cereal. I'm so serial. Ted Bundy, give me money. Jeffrey Dahmer with two llamas. That shit. <laughs> so, yeah, he gets, uh, he's just going off on a rambunctious rap about that stuff. So, the two songs put together is about six and a half minutes, but they're good. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun, damn it. Flatbush Zombies, here we go. Beast Coast. <laughs> yes, you will now die and perish. Zombie juice. Zombie juice. Spitting shit, it's spitting like liquor mist. Picture the making of this. My hands tied. Watch the smoke flow by, 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 by. On the porch, new porch, packs of the loud, new bitch, packing the crowds. The Mac is spectacular, is you fucking or nothing? Mm, a little something, bitch, you know I'm buzzing, bumpity bumping. Packs in the back of mash, trunk and trunkin'. We up, yet we slumping. Zombie fully function, fuck for fuck corruption. Lies vivid as genitities, terrorist experiments. America's full of shit, uh. Blinded by skin color, blinded by his lover, blinded by shining lights. And you the gift of life, relax my mind till it's do or die. Each moment's a mineral poetry's protein. The verses of vitamin effects like cocaine. Like JR, nostrils filled with the potency of smoking keys. All the windows 
out so you know it's me By down, my radiator hits like my Amy wine by now For now, for now, for now, for now What, what you gonna do when them zombies come for you? What, what you gonna do when them zombies come for you? Skull and use that as a bowl for cereal. I'm so cereal. Ted Bundy, give me money. Son of Sam, got a hand. Jeffrey Dahmer with two llamas. In the tinted Astro Man, looking forward. Watch McCallan. Too much pride to beg your pardon. So it's slaughter when I'm on ya. Into soldier. Let me see your guts and glory. We shall possess your soul and make you off your mother like Menendez brothers. I am wicked like no other. Fuck you out. Zodiac killer. Libras in the trunk. Smelling like a dozen skunks. I'm at the coat before I dunk them in the huts and shattered all the break. They eat so forensic. Can't see nothing. Last as I bleed and see, they make it 500 feet. Police pull over the knee, ask if that blood on my shirt. Say no, it's a piece of stain. He laughed, gave me a ticket, the nigga don't speed a game. But he wasn't black, so you know I had to aim and bang, bang, bang. So yeah, <laughs> kind of a yeah, kind of eerie, especially in the first uh, in the first song, Death. They actually have you hear those disembodied voices in the. Uh, uh, in the chorus, the murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, what those uh, those things that people do in the beats that help really set the mood in the background of a uh, of an otherwise uh, pretty dull hip hop track. I guess I don't think it's dull either way, but either way, you know, it's like uh, you can't have lyrics without the music, and these people are taking advantage of it all. So yeah, give it up for uh, Flatbush Zombies. The ah uh, uh, what the the guy who does the yeah Eric Ar- Eric Eric Elliot. He's the he's the guy who does the producing and makes the beats as well as has a as well as spitting the lines. I mean, so yeah, he's got his uh, he's got his thing. They are a cohesive unit. Three people, one band, uh, one band, one hip hop group. There you go. Some of the best ones are three people. <laughs> yeah, Beastie Boys, then Run DMC, and now Flatbush Zombies. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you everybody for listening all the way up to this point. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Hope you enjoyed all the tracks. A lot of uh, East Coast or Northeast Coast even, and uh, a few from the West. All U.S., that's just how it worked out this time. Uh, you can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube Music, Amazon Music, Player FM, and slcpunkcast.com. And you can also find the bands over on Instagram at Jigsaw Youth Band, at Modifiers Official, at Not For Sale NV, at Asteroid M Records, at Blood for Blood Official, at Agnostic Front NYC, at On the Cinder, at Flatbush Zombies, at SLC Punkcast. Eric, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me. 
on Instagram at scaryuncle underscore Eric underscore SLC. And God, God damn it. I have my notes set up. <laughs> notes are being dickheads. All right. Yes, you can find my band on Instagram at anonymous underscore band official. You can find us on Bandcamp at anonymousslc.bandcamp.com and our Facebook at anonymous slc. Once again, we are playing next Wednesday at Beehive with 200 Sab Wounds. That's uh, once again, October 20th. So there you go. You can find my other band at Heart of Dark 801 SLC on Instagram. You can, f- you can find me on Assault City Circle Pit. For a couple episodes at Assault City CP on Instagram, on Facebook at Circle Pit Radio, and you can hear me on the Wrecked Podcast. That's Wrecked Podcast on Facebook and at Wreckedcast on Instagram. You can find everything to do with that on CirclePitRadio.com, and I am going to be debuting my podcast at Lead Melodies. There is no at. It's just Lead Melodies right now. My uh, review channel on many an album and EP that I love and consider heavy. No date is no date has been set yet, but my review is done. And this Friday, we will be recording the promo episode, the kind of introductory episode cool. to let you know what's going on. So look forward to that. I got a lot of shit to say. I'll be on the lookout. Uh, the bands can be found on Facebook at Jigsaw Youth Band, at Blood for Blood Band, at Street Jail, at Agnostic Front, at On the Cinder, at Flatbush Zombies. The show's at SLC Punkcast. We want to thank all the guys in On the Cinder again. Hopefully you enjoyed that interview, their music. Go check all that stuff out. Thank you, everybody, for listening, even including all the way up to now. Eric, any final thoughts? Yeah, I got a, I got a final thought. There's uh, one thing that you got to keep in... Uh, in contact with is DIY roots. And that kind of goes all across the board. You think of any, most of all the uh, big businesses and corporations, they were starting from humble beginnings, you know, questionably ethical grounds, but (laughs) you know, regardless, they all started from something. It was one and now it's 1 million, you know? So, and people still hold on to that, workers value the idea of building something up by yourself for yourself there you go so but just in the in the times to do that two things to keep an eye out for one never lose sight of never lose sight of what you set out initially to do stay grounded stay humble because uh you can easily get blinded by greed and pride can easily be evolved into arrogance so, like so many of the big companies. And again, for all you supporters out there, if your friends are doing something and they and you want to show support, support them as much as you can. But be wary of people who are trying to take advantage of that. I mean, scammers, they look at our little DIY startups as easy targets, and it's because we are. We don't have a lot of money to fight back. There's some people who are doing that through Instagram, through uh, all the social medias, through OnlyFans, through uh, Facebook. And any platforms that they people use to, you know, to entrepreneur themselves. So be wary. Shit's some crazy shit is happening. But, but yeah, show your support. Come out and support all your friends' uh, startups because we need it. <laughs> Play the fucking outro.